It's the most wonderful time of the year. I should have sang that. I should redo it. Might be copyrighted. Might not be able to get away with it. But you can sing, right? Yeah, maybe. You can't sing, but yeah. Well, you I can't can sing. sing. That's for sing. damn sure. But anyways, yes, it is the most wonderful time of the year. It is wrestling in the holidays, usually a downtime, but there's a lot to get to today. It is Rossi on wrestling with me, Jason Rossi, joined by my tag team partner in the podcast sphere, Billy. Yo. Billy, how are you? I feel like there are going to be two different points in my life now, mm. before this Raw and then after this Raw. I think that's what they want you to think, but I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. No, I'm lying. This was just the exact same thing as it always is. And I know we go through these quickly, but I feel like this week we need to delve a little bit deeper because this was so bad. Yeah, right before we started recording, like each week we'll kind of discuss what we're going to get to. And, you know, last week we were doing biggest disappointments of the year. This year we're going to talk about some of the best things of the year. But WWE's trying to do one of their, like, major marquee, like, hard resets. And I think we're, we're definitely going to have to dive into that. We both probably have some differing opinions on it. And I think we deep dive in. But it is holiday week. And I thought, let, let's start off with a little bit of, of holiday cheer here. Because there is not a better feeling than Christmas morning when you were a kid. Opening up presents? Open up that present. Walking down. Presents were there. Now, the question was, I was listening to some, I forget, some podcast or something else. I was listening to stuff. Did you ever, were you one of the weird families that you opened a gift the night before Christmas? Pajamas and that's it. And then you went to bed and took a picture in those pajamas. Ah, that's see, it. that's cool. Like, okay, that yeah. I get. Some people, I've been reading all these people, like, they gave their kids one gift on Christmas Eve. Like, how does that work? I know that Spanish people open all their gifts on Christmas Eve, and Christmas Eve is, like, the big event. Polish people do as well. Why yeah, is it it's called Christmas Eve? Then, yeah. then what time do you, what, what are you getting up for on Christmas? Nothing. I wouldn't sleep that Santa night. Santa hasn't come. Best Christmas gift you ever got? Um, well, I always, because my birthday is close to Christmas, I always package them together. So, I'm sure you love that when you were five. No, it was good because people, you know, aunts and uncles might cheap out on you, but your parents, you know, stepped up the game. And I remember getting PlayStation 2 before anybody on my birthday. And my oh. uncle gave it to me to kind of like, because I was the kind of kid who would like rifle through his presents. Uh, so, <laughs> it's like open one, just move yeah. right on. Open two. Okay. So he gave it to me, but it was from like the whole family. And that was the best present I ever got because I was floored by it. One thing that makes me excited about that, being an uncle of like 100 kids, that like your uncle got that duty. Like, your parents didn't need that glory. They're like, let's give it to him. Yeah, it was great. So that's cool. Uh, my favorite Christmas, we have to go back 20 years, it was when Zelda Ocarina of Time came out because I was so looking forward was to that Was that the game. Wii? No, that was in Nintendo 64. Oh, wow. The Wii, 20 years ago. How old do you think we are? I'm pretty old. Older, older. But yes, uh, yeah, that was my favorite. I'll never, that Christmas was like the bomb. Like, I remember opening that, not giving a damn about anything else, just waiting for the moment that, like, my dad went to go cook eggs, even though I ate, like, 14 Reese's peanut butter trees. Oh, yeah, I would always eat the chocolate from the uh, stocking Yeah, a lot of people are like, oh, man, you know, you look good. I don't know why you talk about you so bad. Like, I'm a disgusting human being when I want to be. Like, I've eaten. Oh, I eat horribly every day of the uh, week. Like, I'm doing a little better now. Oh, by the way, we can now officially say this uh, podcast is sponsored by Awaken 180. I'm, I'm doing oh, yeah? This, like, yeah. Oh. They, they have me on that, so uh, and I don't think I'm getting paid for it. I think I'm just doing it for. Oh, well, we can plug them on here and see so, if we can get the pod sponsored. Yeah. So anybody that wants to now put any low fat treats, because uh, I can't eat a lot of stuff. Even though you saw me on my worst the other day, I had a cookie in the, on the system. I had a lot of cookies. Yeah, I had like five. But anyways, yes. Uh, but yeah, I used to eat honestly like pounds, pounds, not like four or five pieces, pounds of candy on Christmas morning. Like it was disgusting. Yeah, the food on Christmas for me I like better. I'm not a big Thanksgiving turkey guy. Like oh, I like you're all a the monster. I like all the stuff that comes you're with it. You're a disaster. I like the sandwiches the next day better, but oh, I'm not okay, I no. don't like Thanksgiving turkey as like a meal. Let's be honest, the turkey's like the most boring part. 
Yeah, it's all the side dishes. Yeah, it's all about because you you can have turkey realistically anytime you want, but you don't get all that the the fixins around it all the time. And this raw was turkey, and it was a turkey. Like it's it's turkey. It's a turkey. Turkey. It's a turkey, and it was turkey. It was the worst part of raw was. I don't know how you feel, and you can bring in the good part of this right now. But I'm going to have to interject because I thought there was only one good segment in the entire show. Before we get there, I want to also remind you, Rossi on Wrestling, we're now on iTunes. Please subscribe. You can do so. We'll be soon be going on Stitcher. I don't know what Stitcher is, but it's easy to apply That's for. That's why I listen to mine. You really? Yeah, I'm premium. Oh, you showed me this. Yeah, I'm premium. Oh, ooh, excuse me. Well, I have to be to listen to all the podcasts that I want. Is there a limited amount of podcasts you can listen to on Stitcher? So, uh, my favorite one, how did this get made? Uh, you have to, to get their backlog, you have to pay five bucks. Oh. Didn't know that. Wait, did you pay Stitcher? Or you paid. The... I pay Stitcher, but then there's no commercials on most of the podcasts so that well, I listen to. They must make money off of that, one way or the other. But anyways, yes, you can download us there. We'll be soon Spotify working on that, as well as Google whatever where Google Podcasts are. Google Podcast Home, we'll call it. Yeah, whatever. Um, also, uh, however you want to listen, just listen. Yeah, and we appreciate you listening. Uh, anyway, you want to shout out to us? Don't forget you can follow Billy at Billy D twenty four eleven. I am at Jason D Rossi. So yes, this week on Raw, we got the teaser on Sunday TLC. We you could go back. We did our the recap. The boss about is that. back. Yeah, it was not Sasha Banks. No, she had, I thought she was impressive, but I don't know if we'll even touch that. But that was something. oh no, we'll touch that. Okay, we'll touch it. Um, you know. It, Whenever Vince is going to come on, they've been tanking in ratings, which people have to realize something. And now I'm in the media world. You're in the media world. Kind of on two different kinds of sides of it. You're in the side of the world where you're not worried about ratings, correct? No, we're more online-based, so it's more like direct views, but it's more sponsorship money, which I think is what their problem is now. They're not a slave to the ratings. They're just getting TV rights deals, so they don't care what the product looks like because the money's coming in. I was just going to say, so I work in a ratings-based business, and if you don't get ratings, things need to change. WWE has seen their ratings slip, 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 spike, slip, and it's just gone down and down and down over the last we'll say six weeks. And there's multiple reasons for that. For product not being as good, not having great storylines, not having bigger than life superstars. We can have that debate anytime. So they announce, you know, you could also be like people like me. I cut cable. I don't know if you can get ratings off of the PlayStation views, the YouTubes. I don't know how that works. I think it's works. more accurate that way, actually, because you're logged in under a username and just consuming it. But can they, is that going to the same thing? Is Nielsen a part of it? That's where I don't. The Nielsen system, you can't even get into how they actually do it. It's like a select few people. Yeah. Like we were, and I it, was in Nielsen home for a little while as a kid, but you, it's not like a very good way to measure ratings. It's no, a flawed no, system. Yes, everything, trust me, everything's a flawed system when it comes to these ratings through Nielsen. Um, but anyway, so the, the ratings have been slipping, so they announced Sunday before TLC, and I think off of a good pay-per-view overall, like we didn't love it, but I think like overall the coming out of it, there was a lot of conversation It was somewhat entertaining. Talk. There was a lot of good stuff and in Especially there. the end of the night, ending on those big women's moment, Ronda Rousey <laughs> feuding now with Becky Lynch, Charlotte tying them all together, Asuka getting her championship, just a really nice crescendo at the end. Um, and then but you let's see, get into this. Yeah, yeah. So you get, get Vince, into this. Vince McMahon's Vince coming McMahon on a raw. You know you're gonna have a big spike. Starts off the night doing. I, I, it bothered me just off the start because I don't like when he like is a puppeteer to the crowd. Like he's trying to get them to chant. No chance at hell. That's they what bothered me so much, and that was the problem. You're now the voice of Raw, and that's kind of the problem. You're you're doing the Walking Dead thing where you're just giving the people what they want, and you can hear the cat in the background. He makes his first appearance. Uh, I don't know they, if they can hear that one. That's distant well. enough. He'll he's gonna bite me yeah. sooner or later. Yeah, there's a lot going on here. Uh, Rich Keefe, obviously of uh, the program I work with, Dylan Keefe, uh, fan of the show. Uh, has uh, has noticed that every episode, my cat somehow he really is the third man, but he's always oh, yeah. running. He's always gonna he's gonna like hit me with a chair one of these times. But let, let's just get that's this. That's Desmond's music. So Vince McMahon comes out. 
he inter- then introduces Stephanie McMahon, who then I started to right at this point. I want to let's play this through how your emotions went as it went along. At this point, I said they're going to bring out Shane. Shane's about to come out, and this, and I started actually getting that goosebumps, that old school feeling as a kid, <sighs> that like something exciting is happening. You know, I, that's how I felt. I was like, something big, something exciting is going to happen. Then Triple H came out, and I said, "Oh man!" And I, I was here with my wife at the time, who's not here while we currently recording, sleeping. Uh, she, I looked at her, and I said, "He's about to turn the company over." That I that would have been great. That would have been awesome. Where that's we were going not was what happened. He was going to turn over. So Shane, Triple H comes out, then Shane comes out. And, you know, we end up getting this whole, we're now taking over, which... Which, which, which is whatever, what, fine, fine. You're taking over, you're going to give the people what they want. So no is, more general managers. That's what it seems like. We're doing no more oh, of these BS we get in Smackdown. That's fucking pissing me off. But, oh God. But the thing that was crazy is we're going to shake things up, we're going to do things differently. The first thing they do is they have a repeat thing from the night before with Baron Corbin fighting for his job. Once again, doesn't make a lick of sense. Have him fight for his actual job fire him and say you can oh. still be on the roster if you maintain this and just have him fight Kurt Angle and have him barely get the victory instead they do the same thing and they squash him out well they squash him out it's it it's crazy and he just loses the GM that doesn't mean enough to me he should have had his like career yeah when you really think about it when you're a wrestler like Baron Corman's not older he's not retired he's not in Kurt Angle's position does he really like yeah it'd be nice to run the place quote unquote in the storyline but he still has his job he's yeah. not it's not like you can't pay for things. You're right. That The stakes of that match would have been more interesting. But I thought the way the four of them to start that, you know, going around, one talking to the other, I really did think that you were going to hear Vince McMahon say, I, for all these years I've done this, this, this. I am now, this is your future. He is Al Davis. He is not going to be, he's going to be in charge till the so he day dies. he dies. Now, are you and in the belief gonna, that he's never going to die? Vampire? Like, it looks, looks like, rough, he though. looked, I, I thought he looked like, Joan Rivers-esque. Like, he's just... He looked good, <laughs> but when you look closely, it's like... Those eyes are very really scary. Old. Oh, yeah. He needs to start wearing sunglasses. He is really fucking old. I want him to look like Scott Zolak on television. Not that I ever know that because I work at the same time. But, I, like, I want him wa- wearing sunglasses. He's, his eyes are very scary. I don't need him on TV anymore. Maybe he every he once in a while to come out and do a pop, but I think this is going to have him on TV for several weeks, and I don't... He, I, stop. Just like you don't want him, he doesn't want it. There's been several reports that he doesn't want to be a character anymore. He wants to be completely behind the scenes. He, I think he even realizes that, like, I, I think it's also like, I don't want to, you know, all the stuff I've done over the last 20-plus years of being a television character, he doesn't need it to be that anymore. I like it in that small dose, like when something big, like a major thing, great. I, I'm giving this... A chance because it is a wait and see approach, but I give it no chance oh. in hell. <laughs> he, but I thought like the way like Stephanie didn't have to be like a stupid heel, Triple H didn't have to be a, a heel, Shane didn't have to just be the good guy to be the good guy. It's like I feel like if we're gonna get them to try to be more of like straight laced, like authority ish figures, but of course, don't forget, we're the authority actually. All the it, wrestling podcasts, uh, all the people that tweet. Like so we are officially the, the so authority. So aggravating. It was so aggravating. So I thought, is the computer going to be back? The anonymous uh, the, 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 manager. Yeah, we just heard it right think, there. Yeah. The, anonymous, the anonymous GM. Yes, but it just said that it sucks. That segment total, top, like top to bottom, with uh, him and <laughs> the cat's knocking shit over now. Mm-hmm. T- like the start of that segment to the end of the Baron Corbin thing, that took like forty-five minutes. The end segment with the the women 50. took took the, like, it was like the last minutes. entire yeah. hour, which. I mean, a couple of them were spotlighted and looked good, but for the most part, 
with anyone, if you like throw that many wrestlers out there and have them wrestle that clunky of a match, it was a waste of time, men or women. It was so convoluted. It didn't need to happen like that. I'll start with Both the, f- the tournament for weeks ahead. Mm. What, why do you have to rush all of these things? I'll give them this. For one time, the only reason I'll give them any reason they had to rush stuff is because they filmed like Raw for this week and next week throughout that program. So Raw next week is taped. But it was live last night. No, no, no. Yes, but I'm saying like so. I think what they were trying to do was if they were good, like they were trying to plan their stuff for the next episode. Yeah, yeah. Episode. Just have a, a a tournament set up for next week and have yeah, you know, I, four matches there, four matches the next week, and then build things out, create drama. You took all the drama out. Bailey looked good. Sasha looked pretty good. Everybody yeah. else, I didn't think looked that I good. I know Ember was the only one. I was kind of surprised that she was actually going to get the win. I really wanted to see. It's funny. I want to see a Sasha Rondi Rondi. That's her name now. Ronda Roddy Ronda Ronda. Anyways, um, I really want to see them fight. Like I want to see that match. But part of me, like, when she was in the ring with Natalia, I'm like, I guess I'd rather see Natalia for now. But that's my mentality but it doesn't... for WWE. Like, I lower my standards. They're talking about new matchups, fresh this. It should have been Sasha then. Next week, we should be going into Christmas Eve with Sasha Banks, Ronda Rousey. That is like, whoa, I got to see that. Yeah, but it should be built down the road a little bit more. I'm tired of these matches. But maybe that's what you're going to get. these people fighting over and over and over again. This is why Daniel Bryan versus AJ Styles, there was some of the magic taken away because they fight all the time. What they seem to be doing now is hopefully they insert like a Mustafa Ali and then eventually he gets to face him again in a big match. I know they already fought, but that was kind of the cool thing. Like, well, it was like, to- it was, it's, like a, it's like the heating moment. It's like yeah. what, put, we're getting you your face out there. We get your name out there in a big spot. Then this can lead to something bigger. You've always said, how do you become a main eventer? Get in the in main, main event. event. How do you get better at it? You put him with better people. Like John Cena, they always want to call him Big Match John. When John Cena was in the ring with people, like when he fought Shinsuke Nakamura earlier this year, that was a big moment for Shinsuke Nakamura because, yeah, you've always kind of felt he's special. There's something about him. But put him in the ring with John Cena, it becomes that times that much more bigger. And there were so many little things that they could have done better. And they did it with the women's segment, which I liked when they called for the open challenge. And, like, you can't always have an open challenge with two different belts every night. That gets – again, it loses the yeah, special the- part of it. But with the Tyler Breeze thing, that should have been cut backstage. They're all in catering. He's in his street clothes. And everybody's either like, we want this, or they go, Tyler Breeze – you go for this one. You got this. And then he comes out in street clothes, has a good match. The match part of it was fine. The Seth Rollins thing, have him, that promo that he cut, that should have been the only thing he did that night. And guess what? He acknowledged that he didn't bring it in that match. They, they kind of knew it's, they laid a big fucking fart on that pay-per-view. It's funny. That was the best part of Raw because that was character fucking development for Seth Rollins. I feel like you hate to hate for hate's sake, but I'll give this with the Seth Rollins thing. I like that they had him announce, like, we didn't... He really almost said, like, we didn't do it. He's saying I, but he's like, we we played by the cards. We just went right down the yeah. road of where we're supposed to be. The match, I think, if you look back and watch it, watch it again, take the crowd out of it, take right after Dan Bryan. If you stand alone, it was pretty good. But the problem is, when these are in four-hour shows, these audiences are not patient for just pretty good. They need these matches to be excellent. And that match had the biggest story going into it. But I the story like they, isn't... Good. Those no, guys the story is good. good. They are, and the guys are good. Everything's good. It's just the execution, I think, was poor with this. But let's get let's get back to the Vince McMahon thing. Let's get when that happened. What did you want to happen? Because I can see how pissed Zach you are. Zack Ryder. I want Zack Ryder. So you want Vince McMahon to come out and be like Zack Ryder's not our guy? No, no, no. I want like they brought all these people up, and uh, the 
guy from the drop in Argo, my buddy Nestle, said this, and I totally agree with it, and this is my thinking too. You're bringing all these people up. That's fine. Bring all these people up. Are you up. talking about the, the six people the we'll six be seeing people from? people calling up wherever they're so going. So Lacey Evans, yeah, uh, uh, Nikki Cross, EC3, EC3 fucking cares about. Uh, Heavy Machinery. I like Heavy Machinery. They'll be fun. They'll be good. And uh, Lars Sullivan, who we've been seeing, which I'm all into Lars Sullivan stuff because it's been a night. You talk about building and story. Like I like promos. We like that. We want to see. Don't just throw the guy in. And then work it out. Like, give us some time with it. So, so the Tyler Breeze open challenge, that was one thing that I liked. You're taking a guy you don't really use, and then you put him in that spot. But for me, for that Vince. should be those different things. He should be like, we're going to give you the superstars you've been clamoring for yeah. in these spots. Zack Ryder should be traded to SmackDown, and he should be a mini feud for Daniel Bryan. Because that is a good, good guy versus a great, bad guy, and you can elevate Zack Ryder. I think that, that kind of stuff. Tyler Breeze. Even Ty Dillinger. You need to take these mid-card guys, and you can make them something. Because right now, your main event guys, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, they're not taking the ball and running with it when they have the chance. You're right. They're not. Because let's be honest. Going back to you with just the Dean Ambrose thing and the Tyler Breeze, the open challenge. First of all, enough open challenges in a way. You don't have to call them open challenge. A heel should not be coming out saying, I'm going to do an open challenge. It's not a heel move. It's a face move. That should have been Vince saying, tonight, Dean, you got the win over Seth. Which, first of all, looking back, why was that a clean win? But it's a story for another time. That it should have been like... Tonight is Tyler Breeze. Because that would have got a pop from the crowd. That's where I, I thought, if you're going to do this new matchups, new faces, let them introduce it. Don't just let music hit. Don't just let it be like, who's it going to be, drumroll, Tyler Breeze. Because I don't think it got the pop it deserved. No. If you hear Vince McMahon, tri- Triple H should really be the one who's like the king of this. He's the king of hey, kings. kings. He should be the one. It's like, you know what? My, you know, Hunter has done excellent work with NXT. He knows the young Bruin. You know, next bubbling yeah, yeah. up talent. Let him be the one that comes out. So that's the only thing I was having issues with. Overall, the announcement, I'm into it. I don't like the idea. Even if some of these GMs we settle for as being good, we don't need them. I'd rather it just be, you're the face, you guys run the franchise. But SmackDown is fine. And that's the thing that I thought they missed the bo- like they missed on this. It's just say, Raw sucks. SmackDown's good. That should have been kind of the point. You didn't really need to change too much of SmackDown. And SmackDown didn't really change. Paige not being the GM, I hope they give her something because I yeah. thought she was good. And then that opening segment of like the, the rah, rah, we're going to change it up. It's like, no, you don't need to. It was really funny. I, all they were missing in that was Shane was like, all right, everybody. Hey. Hey, everybody, right? Oh. It's like, what are we at? Gym class? Yeah. Second of all, that's all he needed was like, camera's alive now. Like, make me feel a little more like. Like, this yeah. is real. If you wanted to start these shows off differently, if you wanted to really make a difference, just have a good opening match, match to start the night and then have some scripted promos. That's, things, yeah. that's what needs to happen. Things that they're lacking, too, and they brought this up again. My buddy's on the job, Anarka. These, like, recap long packages. Stop doing these four-minute packages on Raw. If you're watching the product, you know these things. You can go to YouTube for them if you need them. Instead, that Seth Rollins thing, that's perfect. Um, <laughs> knocked over the water. Knocked over the water. That's fine. The Seth Rollins thing I that was perfect. Loved it. But Daniel Bryan, I don't think, even though the tag team match was good, that's something you could take Daniel Bryan. Just have him cut a vicious promo on everybody. Take these like vignettes that you used to do and apply them to your characters now instead of these recap packages. Yeah, that would give these characters something more. But let's. So I see what you're saying. But when you came down to the actual Vince McMahon coming out, I know you said you want to see like the other like mid card, lower card guys get pushes, maybe see some get some character. But what did you actually think, and what was your expectation of what he was actually going to say? I had. I, I don't have any expectations anymore. I set the bar really low, so I was like, ah, but you're maybe. still disappointed. 
Yes, that's the thing. Like, I set my expectations low, and it still it goes under the bar. They never exceed my expectations. So I just want not these ridiculously high-profile matches on Raw. Like, there should be a long space in between before you get to those. You have guys on the Raw. You have a ton of guys on the roster who aren't doing anything. Fill those matches in between with these guys where they get a few moves in. Maybe every once in a while they win and build them into stories. I think that's why the... The, the tag team division on uh, SmackDown right now is phenomenal. Oh, it's bonkers. Like, that that booking of that, that, that was a round of applause. Great job. You have five teams now that I'm like, oh, my God. Any one of these teams, besides maybe Gallows and Anderson, I think has a legit shot. But, I mean, they could, but... But even the way they you know kind of hyped them... Yo, I absolutely understand, because they're the most cold coming in. Sanity, we've never even really got the chance to even get them hot, so but they're the like... the way they came in was fucking badass. Oh, it was great, cause, and then... Big Demo, whatever his name is on there now, he was a monster. That slam he had on Jey Uso. But what you just said actually is what I think Raw needs. Middle card, mid-card tag teams. Not just the tag team division being a mid-card thing. Yeah. Like, what if we had some of these tag teams? Because tag teams, like, going back to the Attitude Era, which everyone wants to talk about, like, was the greatest thing for, since sliced bread. By the way, they've been doing a lot of, like, Attitude Era storylines recently, and everyone hates them. People peeing on coats, that's Attitude Era. You, there was one time, there was embalmings in the Attitude Era. There's a lot of stupid stuff, but... What made it good was it was unpredictable and it was just seemed over like over the top entertainment. Where now what we're getting is we're not getting the over the top entertainment. We're getting these like, okay, well tag teams. You want to see the revival? Like it was a four way for the one number one contender, and you don't even get like introductions. Which no, we can have the argument. But revival winning is great. But can it does it have to involve all four teams? Can't we have a little like how about revival gets in a story? Build it a- out a yeah. little bit longer. A- AOP revival. There's a story. Like get that. Like put these guys in places that then we want to see the win. They don't just get the win and then we're just waiting for the match. How much fun was it when each of those teams came out for the tag team segment? You're like, oh, this is great. And then Mandy Rose, The Miz, the Dance Break people, uh, oh, SmackDown, yeah. Like that was a fun, enjoyable segment that progressed storylines for the other people. And I, I love the mixed match ability yeah, on that show. What that they did makes was that great. show interesting. It was. That was really smart. But I just think when it comes to like the raw stuff, like you kinda said, we started off with forty minutes. We ended with an hour. So you have a certain amount in between. I actually didn't mind it. I liked what they actually did with the Baron Corbin thing. I understand yeah, the stakes didn't really matter, but it was fun. Yeah, he Slater out there, kinda showing character. You got your Bobby Roode, your Gable, you had Kurt Angle come out wrestling in a match, which I think is still special. And then you also threw in Apollo Cruz. So you're getting a little bit, I think, of what you want. They're getting the rubs on some of these guys. Cause now what do they go from here? Like but- I think Heath Slater is in a position where I'm going to be intrigued. He shook Vince McMahon's hand on television. There was like, that's one of those weird things because last person to shake Vince McMahon's hand on television was Titus O'Neil, and that guy got suspended. Yeah, well, that so, was... So, <laughs> for whatever reason, yeah. or he grabbed him and then shook him. But, but the but, thing you just said is the thing that the, the Eric Bischoff talks about all the time and is what I try to implore to people. Is that the right word? Yeah, sure. Uh, try to tell people all the time about everything that involves story. It needs stakes. Yes. Stakes make you watch. Otherwise, what am I watching for? If I don't believe you're fighting for anything, then what the fuck? Do, what? Why am I here? And that's what they don't do well on Raw. The stakes never really matter. Like a belt that's supposed to make me care? Maybe, Like, but you don't make the belt care. And the thing that pissed me off on SmackDown, the only thing that pissed me off on SmackDown really was Vince coming out for that woman's segment. Because the last thing that, that feud needs is Vince. That feud is fucking great. I want to put a pin real quick. I just want to say one thing before, and I, I think that there's a big topic there, is one thing that got me, I thought SmackDown, once they relieved 
page. I thought they were going to go back to the SmackDown list. Whether you liked it or you didn't, I thought we were going to get something where for SmackDown, there'd be like a power ranking system where this is how you're going to get up. This is how you're going to get in a, a U.S. title shot. This is how you're going to get a world title shot. Like, and tag teams and women. Like, enough of this, like, just... You have a beef with me, I'm the champion, here's a championship match. Like, that shouldn't be the, it's not how it works in any, like, other form of, quote, sport. And I know with yeah, more they need entertainment. to get away from that authority figure doing, if he needs to come in and correct some of those things for storylines. Because of injuries. But they should have some sort of a system like that. And you can manipulate it. That's where I'm always like, tell me a story and I'll believe it. And then if you need to shift things because of things on the fly, That's I, can, I, can pro- I can process that. But when I say it's wrestling, it's fake. You know, it's hey, not hey. real. Tell me a story. It's I, I'll believe anything if you put the effort into it. It's yes. these turn on a dime, make no sense things that I'm just like, why, why am I watching this if they're not taking like my like feelings into account for the time and effort I'm putting into watch? Yeah, this we're watching stuff. five hours, and there it seems like they're putting about two and a half into five hours yeah. of work. And yeah, I just I just thought that's one thing I would really like to see because there was it's just interesting. Enough of this, just number one contenders for it's like, well, how did they become number one contender? Or why are they worthy? Or why isn't everybody like the battle royals will do? Like, just give me some like battle royals are fine, but just be more creative on a more regular basis than open challenges and you know that like. Set I'm, it up. Yeah. Set it up. Like, what they did with the women on Raw, like, as much as you may be in love it, like, at least it gave sense to why there'll be a title match. But how about this? You just put all those women in a list, and you say, here's where you guys rank right now. By the end of tonight's outcomes, I'm going to reshuffle the deck, and this is how it will go. So then they could be angry at the McMahons. You could build more story off of it if you want. But I, I, I counted about seven segments on Raw, top to bottom. Yep. And on SmackDown, I counted seven full segments and a ton of backstage stuff. Yes. And that just shows you... And there were still full good matches on SmackDown. Yeah. They just know how to time manage. They got way more people in. And it's just... This is how you do it. That is the template. And that's that's why when they... Like the shake-up thing and things are going to change. Raw was still really bad. SmackDown was still really good. Nothing changed. So, they, see, they're going to bring in new people. As, I, I, yeah, I, I just... Well, the issue is in that, you know, I want to get to this women's thing. Bringing in new people isn't isn't going to solve the problem. It's what you do with the people you have. Exactly. So you're going to bring in six new superstars, and we already have, like, 17 over. Like, we're not seeing – take it for what you want. You've already mentioned the Zack Ryder. Let's get into, like, Tyler Breeze you haven't seen until recently. you got guys like Mojo Raleigh, the Colognes we've talked about. The wrestlers aren't the problem. The storylines and the booking – is the problem. Yeah, Adding might- new people can help it, but it's only a stopgap. You need to fix the root of the problem, which is the stories. Now, it, I and don't want to say the wrestlers aren't the problem. Not that I'm I'm never going to judge them. Listen, they do stuff that entertain me through and through. But there's got to be something going on where they're, like with Seth Rollins, like we've talked about him, the brass ring thing, I don't know if he grabbed it, felt jaded by it. I don't know if something happened to I him. I agree there are but- certain guys for the most part. Like I am disappointed routinely by Seth Rollins, Shinsuke Nakamura, Dean Ambrose, but and they shouldn't feel this way. But at a certain point, it's just like, all right, I'm doing the same thing with Dean again. I'm gonna fight this guy again. But but that's why I say to them, like, then you make it good. Like you gotta do more. I totally agree with that. Or the agent makes it good. Like that's why I feel like we're we're sometimes too much pushing the. Oh, it's the it's the writers, or oh, it's just like two weeks ago. But how many times am I gonna see Elias face Bobby Lashley in the exact same segment where one insults the other, one flexes, and then one gets hit with the guitar? And they're doing it again. I know. There's not again next week. 
And there's not enough spontaneity on those two. Like, Elias is too good to just be focusing on one guy. Like, The Rock was never just focusing on just one guy. He'd be focusing on six people. He'd be in random matches against the likes of an X-Pac to Billy Gunn to Stone Cold in the matter of a week. Put so, him on SmackDown and let him go with Daniel Bryan. That would be a feud I would fucking love because you could the, the crowd would get behind Elias enough and then Daniel Bryan could carry him yeah. through the matches. And everybody says he's not a good wrestler. He's not a great wrestler. He's very serviceable. But like, he and I never see him wrestle anyway, well, so I don't really know. <laughs> so, all right, let's jump into this women's thing. So we start off SmackDown. Becky Lynch music hits. Talk about a woman that has got the sex appeal through the roof. And it has nothing to do with scantily clad. It is all swagger. Confidence is sexy. All, it really, she has turned this world on fire. And that is not just because of her character or her hair. She is just like, she walked out. I was like, this woman is a badass. I am absolutely jaw hitting the floor just everything about her promo was logical made sense she cared about her own title she cared about getting the person back who took it from her yes and she even cared about like the result like she wasn't like she was genuinely like you said she was upset if she lost her title but she's also like this whole thing was bad like this shouldn't happen charlotte comes out okay we kind of see there is this plug and play of the way these things go then the two of them start bitching a little bit which is fine oscar then comes lines in there oh great lines forever yes and then Asuka comes out, you know, fine, kind of gloaty. Almost didn't really need her in that spot. Less is more with her. Even less. Just yeah. like, I, I, I don't even think she needed I think she could have just held up her title and yeah. said a word. Then Vince comes out. Which, no need. Cool, cool idea. Because it would have been weird if he only had been on Raw and not SmackDown. I think it would have really continued to, you know, put that point across that there was no... He could have just done his thing with The Miz, though, and that would have been enough for me. Yes. And yeah, we saw him twice, which was interesting. But... He comes out, and I just took so much issue with what he had to say. He goes, basically, in not direct terms, quit bitching. Like, you know, why are you guys whining so much? This should and be he about action. Up, he brought up the logic of a TLC match. Yes. When they defy logic on all other things, in some TLC matches, it's okay if you grab the belt to win. In other ones, you win by fucking pinfall. Yeah. So don't bring up logic for yourself when you're the most illogical booker that's ever lived. Yeah, and he basically told them, like, quit your crying, like, go take it out on Ronda Rousey. It's like, wait a minute. What he could have said was, you ladies just made history. Yeah. One of the best TLC matches in the history of, of our company, and this is how you respond. You two have been two of the hottest athletes. Or, the hottest. Yeah, he could have said whoever wants. Like, the most popular athletes in our, in our industry, and this is how you're going to come out. You know what? It's all about action. And then I actually thought we were going to get a Charlotte-Becky match. Which Again, I don't want that no, on Neither did show. I, but I thought that's where they were going to go. But then he belittles Asuka and goes, hey, Asuka, hiding behind Charlotte. That's your champion. I, don't that think, is he, I think that's just an old man moment. I think he, he literally actually couldn't, couldn't see her. See her. Oh, well, hopefully, because then he's like, you want to defend that title? Like I would have been like, Asuka, like, no. No, I don't. Like, why would she want to defend her title? And then open challenge, out comes Naomi for a subpar match, and that's okay. Like, those two will have to work on it. There's a happy medium here with these, with these title title matches. We want Brock Lesnar visible. He doesn't need to wrestle. He's never going to wrestle on Raw. He hasn't done it in over a decade. Yeah, but yeah, 16 years. at least be present and fight once a month, every two. Like, the way they Reinstate did it. Reinstate the, the rules. When they did it in NXT, it was that's how they do it. It's promo, you fight a jobber promo you fight somebody that you could technically lose to like a naomi good match you beat her then that builds to the pay-per-view you're having these storylines this is why becky lynch is so good think of how many people she has issues with right now nia Jax, ronda rousey oscar charlotte yeah she's an interesting fucking character yeah because she's the dynamic she's not she's not one-dimensional she's multi-dimensional you care about different things i heard one take i think it was from bully ray i told you i listened to that busted open he didn't like that 
Nia Jax that that thing happened with Becky because you shouldn't have seen Becky before. I didn't like that pay per view. Yeah, he thought like he actually thought, and I thought this was kind of interesting that Nia should have came out and been the one to have like was about to knock over the ladder, but then Becky jumps down. Does that decking? Nia rolls out. Then she goes up for it. Then we get the Ronda thing because that would have taken kind of the heat off of Ronda. Ronda like the booze because the booze would have could have all went to Nia. But nonetheless, yeah, that's that's even more negative than I am on the Monday. Well, he was saying more just yeah. Well, that's what we all are. But I just found that kind of fascinating. But I just thought with the way Vince came across, I feel like he kind of looked. You know what it was? He kind of like talked to them like they were little girls. That's what I think bothered me. It's like these women are the best. They, they these are the women that I think are the most dynamic. These are the ones people care about right now. Like Daniel Bryan's definitely in a great place, but even him, like there's just he, he, we care about him. We love them. We're so appreciative of them. They're the hottest. Like they brought again. I'll reference the job knock all the time because I love those guys. They brought it up the three hottest characters in wrestling right now. Hold on, women. let me think. Oh, all three are women. All three. Oh yeah, Ronda, Charlotte, Becky. Yes. Yeah. I don't even think that's a question. Yeah. Oh, Daniel God. Bryan is it- he's, itching he's, on that he level. Top five. But he doesn't have a counterpoint. He doesn't, and that's what I think they always say. Cells knows- could be great, but yeah, I think if the title, the title, yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with them. I agree with them. I, that's why, you know, another thing I thought, that one of the things when they were doing it, I thought Vince is going to announce that Brock Lesnar needs to defend his title. I thought he was going to be on Raw. I thought we were going to get a Was match. he even referenced? No. Besides, like, I think a promo board saying there, was that even, like, no. posited on? I, I don't remember anything about him. I don't even, was Braun Strowman on Raw? Like, no, I'm starting to, yeah. it was not. I don't so, even think he was mentioned other than, like, the outcome of the match. Yeah, me, that's, uh, yeah, when they, so you're between, two, two main event people don't even have anything. Again, yeah. give me a vignette. Send a camera crew and get some stories with Braun Strowman. Oh, next week. That's what they're doing. That's what it is. Next but week, even, Paul Heyman's going to address. The, the spoilers are out there. And I, I got to tell you, Rod didn't look good. <laughs> I don't, I'm not a spoiler reading, fan. But. Yeah, I, but my issue with the whole situation is that's one thing I really thought they could have addressed. That's, they say they're listening to the fans. I am a big Brock Lesnar fan. I am. I think he brings a big match feel. But right now, it's getting to the point where it's like, Really? Like, not just because he isn't on Raw, and not just, but it's like, what we, they should do, if you want to be spontaneous, spont, spontaneous, yeah, that word. Have spontaneity? That be one. Be spontaneous? Spontaneous. Yeah. Let me look that up. What they could have done is had Brock Lesnar in a match. Like, they should have said Braun Strowman versus Brock Lesnar if he makes it there, because he has to face Blank next week. I don't even care who Blank is. <laughs> he's not, he's not wrestling. But that's my, like, that, you, you say you listen to the fans, the fans are the authority. I guarantee you put a poll on Twitter or WWE.com. Do you want to see Brock Lesnar fight a championship match on Raw? It's going to be almost 75 to 25 just because people are yeah, I think it would be 100%. You well, it should be 100%. It's just like, uh, you know, Ken Griffey Jr. should have 100% in the Baseball Hall of Fame, but he wasn't. Yeah, that's Nobody just yeah, th- 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 those things piss me off anyways. That's a different story. But... No, we're going to talk hardcore baseball Hall of Fame stuff. Pete Rose, should he be in? Yeah, absolutely. This is He's in the things. WWE Hall of Fame. I know, and I love that. Me too. That actually that does put a smile on my face. Yeah. Whenever I get sad, I think of Pete Rose getting tombstone at WrestleMania 14 and that he's in the wrestling uh, WWE Hall of Fame. All right, so but, we've been kind of all over the yeah. place. But right? what do you think? So let's 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 leave it. Where do you, so you you kind of seem upset. I still have a wait and see approach with most of it. I think this is going to be for the better. I'm not here for wait and see. Though. That's, I, I understand yeah. you're not. But we have no we are going to technically wait and see no matter yeah. what. But <laughs> I think this could be something really good. Like, the page kind of bothers me. I hope they find something for her, whether it's, like, not absolution, but something in that degree. Maybe she's running a stable or something. Because I think she, right now, would be the ultimate heel against this new kind of regime that they're doing. She's upset with oh, the McMahons. I would love her as a heel manager. If she grabs, so think about, let's go to get SmackDown. Get back with Mandy. Or just, like, look at SmackDown. Who are the people that maybe are kind of held under that could use a boost of a story? Maybe you grab a singles guy. Maybe it's one of these people oh, coming yeah, out of NXT. could be good. Maybe Iconics. 
Maybe some, maybe an EC3 coming out of NXT. Oh, I would maybe, love her to manage men too. But that's what I, mean. I want a little stable, whether you can call it the page turn or something stupid. But I mean, just figure out what you want to call it. But I think that would be interesting because right now if I'm Paige, I can't wrestle. You guys were nice enough to you know give me this job, but then you take it away because of something Baron Corbin did or because of something the fans of another show did. If She, she was, should be a rebel. If she was a manager for a stable, I would absolutely like I, I really, I hope that's what we get. And it doesn't have to happen next week. This could be a slow burn. This could be actually something where it's like you see her in the back kind of just like – Talking to people. Yeah, or just like looking kind of hot, standing around kind of being like, uh, what do I do now? Like – I, I don't know. Or, like, you put her in the position where I thought Daniel Bryan was going to go, where her kind of back's against the wall, can't really grasp on anything, and then snap. Maybe it can happen at the Royal Rumble. Maybe it can happen somewhere that, like, she then now is, like... Or even if she's, like, a recruiter and trying to steal people from Raw, too, something like that, that and then she now brings there, it over. So there's your Zack Ryder storyline, if you want. You, maybe she grabs some of the underappreciated people from Raw, brings them over to SmackDown, or she signed something beforehand, one of those things that they could do. And she's, I think she should absolutely be a heel manager. Because I think SmackDown knows how to use their talent, obviously, a, a little bit better than Raw does. I mean, you saw Ty Dellinger inserted in the feud with Brandy Orton for a small bit. Yeah. If you keep doing things like that to like prolong little storylines, again, I think Zack Ryder in a mini feud with Daniel Bryan would be must-see TV. Or even like AJ Styles to keep him going or any of these yeah. guys. like Just get people in those positions. Like what I think you're going to see from an Apollo Crews out of Raw, but... Yeah, I think just that's the way I'm looking at this, though, overall. I'm going to give it a little bit of time. I think this will be a good thing. I think getting rid of these authorities that come out every single week, like, that's nothing. I don't need to see the McMahons every week now. It's okay oh, if you want to step, but I, it's okay if you want to do a big step back and just kind of let the shows run and, and allow, as a viewer, like, you don't see Roger Goodell as the NFL commissioner come out every single week and be like, welcome to football. Here's kickoff. No, the ball kicks off when the game starts. That's what I want out of Raw, especially. Start us off and give us two characters that make sense. The reason we see so much promos is because these characters, we don't know them. They're just names. There's no look. Aside from Asuka, no one oozes like character and appeal and, and it. Well, she's a mysterious character anyway, so that's fine. But again, instead of these long recap promos, give me vignettes on upcoming characters and the characters we have to establish them a little bit more. That's the kind of stuff that'll sell them to the people. Mm. And that's really what you need. Because even still these promos with Dean Ambrose, he's getting better. I have to give him credit. But I don't, like, that, that thing that WWE 24-7 where he's running around in the desert talking about how he works out and shit like that, that that to me is captivating. That kind of stuff. Seth Rollins, CrossFit, these kind of things. Like, this is how but they hard have to I bleed work them every in. day. They have to bleed them in. They have to. They have to find what, a way. Because if they just things? Yeah, if they just leave them in, in, on the network for no one to see. Like, I, I like some of the, not, not the full long recaps. There's four-minute ones all the time. Yeah, th those ones I will say. But just something that gives me, like, okay, here's where, where we're I at. I used to cut 30-second montages of entire football games and seasons. It can be done in a lot shorter <laughs> 30 time. 30-second season. That must have been a tough season. Yeah. No, it, it can be done. Have to do, though. It You're can right. be done. And you well, can do but, these But things. that's when they have three hours of television. They're not thinking about and how do we minimize it. They're thinking how do we make it longer. Ugh. That's a problem. They're putting filler crap in their show because they have three hours to fill. Like, I'd rather have... see an expose of EC3 or expose of Lucha House Party or an expose of somebody for two minutes than just a recap of what we saw from the night before. That's why you have commentators. That's why you these people, these are your mainstay characters. I just think they need an exercise in creativity because they're not good at being creative anymore Maybe like an improv class but no this is what you do this is what creative regular people do they're like okay i need to put like uh these two different elements that i never use in this story make zach Ryder that fucking element for raw i need to put zach Ryder in a feud in a big time way and then you're forced to be creative because right now they're just sticking with the old reliable brock lesnar versus roman reigns or whoever the hell he is brock, brock lesnar versus braun Strowman. you're right dean ambrose versus seth rollins 
Elias versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, Finn Balor versus Dolph Ziggler versus Drew McIntyre, which yeah. I kind of like, but, that, that, but that, I know what he's saying, but th- these characters Force yourself kind of any- to be creative. Yeah. Force yourself to put other people into these things, and you'll find out that you can be more creative than you think because you're forced to do something. And maybe that's a little bit of what we saw with the Baron Corbin thing, though, like Apollo Crews, uh, you know, like, really think about it. Like, where, but just have it be in? Apollo Crews, then. Have him face no, I know, Apollo think- Crews for his job or yeah. something like that. Yeah, like Loser gets fired. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that there's definitely... I go back to NXT and take one of those guys and revive his career a little. That could have been one I of the scenarios. I think we need to see that more. I think we need to see that. Like, I think that's... I, I think, you know, we're going to do predictions in our next episode. I think that's a major part of 2019 that, you know... Because there's only so much of these systems we're going to keep going to. Like, so many independent wrestlers that are going to keep snagging off, um, you know, the independents to go to WWE, but... I think, you know, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. We, we got to a lot of our thoughts, uh, or I think all of our thoughts there with Vince McMahon yeah. stuff. And, I, again, I'm going to wait and see a little bit. I, I'm not super excited about it. I thought it was passable, which I know that's not good, and you don't want passable. But it gave me a little bit of hope. That I mean, maybe you can't reset more. everything in one week. I know that. But I don't think they took the right steps to do it. And I know, typically, we don't want the, this part of the podcast to last this long, but I think no. we had to do it this week. No, this was good, too, because we differ on opinions in different parts. There's so many things to it. Because WWE is basically telling you, we're ushering in a new era. This is the beginning of a new era. It's like 21 years after the Attitude Era promo by Vince McMahon. So it's like, we're right in this pattern where like this is allegedly going to be something new. But what is that new? It never happens right away. We'll see over the next like three to four months of what that means. And hopefully it means less... Four, than four hour paper. I mean, I'm well. willing to get like I'm less willing to give them a chance because I've been disappointed so many times. So when I see something like this, I'm like, well, they didn't change shit. And you can be like, well, I'm gonna look forward and hopefully they do, but they never do. So why am I gonna get my hopes up? I'll keep watching and hopefully it changes. But from what I saw, I didn't see a lot that changed. All right, so now let's talk 2018. Uh, you know, we just did a lot of negative. Now it's time for some positive. Best things of the year. Uh, you know, there was a lot. This year, it, WWE did so much. They did like 18,000 pay-per-views. They were in Saudi Arabia twice. They did a first all-women's pay-per-view. They, you know, broke down a lot of barriers, a lot of first-time matches, every, a lot of history, history, history. Ronda Rousey made her debut. Daniel Bryan returns, all this stuff. A lot of history with the women. The men didn't really surprise me or do yeah. anything. This Tag year. team matches happened um yeah not a lot of major thing yeah the women was it was the women year it was the year of the women uh, i think that all stemmed from going back to the royal rumble when ronda rousey made her debut but let's look back the calendar year 2018 what are some of the best things and i'll go to you first we'll start with pay-per-view or main event or event whatever you want to call those special events which one was your favorite of the entire year so for me and this usually is the case and i give it special viewings i'll try to watch the that night just the results just to see what happened but i always go back and watch the nxt takeovers just because i feel like they fucking bring it and they force yeah, it's people two, to it's level like two up. hours as well it's like it's two, two hours, hours two and a half hours only a few matches and they really just fucking go for it the nxt takeover in new orleans which i think you were there for right no so i, I was thinking back. i know i wasn't there so i just went to new i'm actually wearing my long sleeve um I just went to WrestleMania this year. Every year prior to that, the past few years, and this coming year, I'll be going to all the NXTs. So okay. Unfortunately, it was not there, and of course, it's your favorite one. So this this was a crazy pay-per-view. Uh, there was so many good matches. The ladder match for the NXT North American Championship. I mean... The match was awesome. I still don't like them having a, that title. I think that title's wasted. It is weird to have a mid-card title on there, but they, they do a pretty good job with it, so yeah. I'm okay with it. Uh, the, the highlight for me, and you're going to see him a lot throughout this, was the elbow drop off of the top of the top of the ladder from the Velveteen Dream. That guy delivered. I know he didn't wind up winning the belt, but that match, 
Oh boy, it was breathtaking it, in every moment of it. They gave, they fucking killed it in that match. I'm usually not a huge fan of the big multi-man ladder matches like the Money in the Banks. Like I, I find those exciting, but this one just had a perfect blend. From Adam Cole, eventually goes on to win it. EC3, who's kind of been like a weird character down there. That's why I'm not. He was su- given his all in that match, too. but I know. But that's why I'm not surprised he's coming up to Raw. I feel like they never really did too much with him in NXT. They just kind of, you know, probably got him into the system, see how things work again. Killian Dane, who's now up on the main roster, Lars Sullivan will be up in the main roster those two guys had an awesome square off in that oh, yeah. match and then you have ricochet and velveteen dream two guys that are just really you can see going all after i think velveteen dream right now is the guy in the company that is the most like Potential. hungry i think no i think he's most hungry because a lot of these other guys have done so many things other places where velveteen dream is a very rare homegrown guy and you'll see that a lot coming up in my thing the other matches there that really stood out ember moon versus Shayna baszler yeah that was good that was a great match johnny gargano versus tommaso champa which was the last match of the night i think it was the uh johnny gargano gargano had just been kicked out because he lost the match to was it cn uh alistair black no i think it was cn i think it was like loser leaves nxt match oh yeah yes that was uh yes yes so, great match. That was the one, They fought a few times, but that was the one where he beat the crap out of him with the crutch and then put him in the submission hold with the, the, the brace. Yes, and just, he just cro- cocked oh, it back. This they went just, back yeah. and forth. They beat the fuck out of each other. Great, great, great match. My favorite match of the night, though, wasn't that match. It was the CN match versus Aleister Black. I mean, there are so many good wrestlers that give it their all every time they go out there, and that match was just fucking incredible great storytelling Zelina Vega's a stud as well I just thought this pay-per-view from top to bottom was fucking excellent so yeah you definitely picked a better one I I did this more of like when I look back in my memory of this year what stood out to me there was a bunch of New Japan but I didn't I, I don't watch full cards of New Japan often Ring of Honor I watch on YouTube so I I, I was trying to really you know go through because there was a lot of good stuff from New Japan from the the way they started the year um with um like Wrestle Kingdom, that had Jericho versus Omega. You had just some crazy, crazy matches. But I actually somehow ended up settling upon when I sat back, thought about this this morning, and really just looked back in the air. Money in the Bank had a lot going for it this year. It may sound kind of strange, but if you look back at the card, this is when you had Daniel Bryan versus Big Cass. Now, sounds ridiculous now. Sounds absolutely stupid. That storyline was pretty good, though. But I liked it at that time, too, because it was like Daniel Bryan's coming off of returning. I didn't want to see him in the main event right away. I re- even I didn't. I wanted to see him help elevate somebody. And I thought Big Gas at the time was the right guy. Then you had Bobby Lashley versus Sami Zayn in the same exact scenario. Bobby Lashley's returning. Sami Zayn is just that perfect. Like, he turned his oh, heel. Oh, that was some of the worst booking leading up to that. Absolutely. That was oh, when he was his sister's on stuff. Bobby Lashley's been poorly booked since day one, and I can't wait till we do our a mini dive on him. WWE might have killed me if I was doing a podcast by then because there would have been so much hate for that crap. Oh, God. Then but you got Seth Rollins Elias, which I thought was a sore spot on the card. which went 17 minutes. was just not good. I'm just not, you know, Elias. The mirror I- image of you. Yeah, that exactly was the other thing. I couldn't tell who was who. Uh, then you had the Women's Money in the Bank match, which was outstanding. This is the one where Alexa Bliss won over Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Ember, Lana, Naomi, Natalia, and Sasha Banks. Just look at those names. Look at the talent in that ring. They were crazy in there. To have Charlotte, think about where we are now. Go back. Charlotte now. Not the Becky, best women's match on the card, though. No, we're going to get to that. But you had Charlotte, Becky, Ember, Naomi. Oh, yeah, Natalia. Like, I'm, congratulations to Lana being in there. She's making strides. but And then especially where Alexa Bliss captures the money in the bank, something I just didn't see happening, which I always like her either with a title or with something like this. So that was a great match. Then you had in a good spot somewhere that you want him, Roman Reigns, Jinder Mahal. 
Not going back to watch a match. Isn't my match of the year. But that's where I wanted Roman Reigns at that time. I don't want him in the yeah, main event. Yeah, it was in something different for once. It I- was. And it was somewhere where actually somebody else kind of you could hate. Like, actually his character. Then you went to Carmella versus Asuka. Hated this match. Was pissed that it they did this whole story. A lot. Yeah, it just Oscar was poorly. They just put her in there. This was the one where what's his name interfered, right? Yeah, with um, yeah, when he showed up with the mask, yeah. uh, that penis guy, Elsewhere, um, James Ellsworth. Yeah, which he allegedly. But did you hear that whole story about him, like you know, putting this picture, send his dick pics to people, a lot of sexual harassment. Oh, nice. Yeah, give him a, give him a Google. He said it wasn't him though. Probably too big. Then you had the one of the final matches, finally, between AJ and Shinsuke Nakamura. I Ugh. think the best of this feud though was the last man standing match. Incredible. These two guys. Kicked the crap out of each other from get that was that is definitely worth going back and watching. It was thirty minutes. It was awesome. I'll check it out. I'm telling you, that was awesome. Ronda Rousey. To me, this was the match. Nia Jax. The we just saw this match again, by the way. But this match is way better. This was a Bret Hart Yokozuna, just perfectly executed match. This was was her first singles match. This was her first singles championship match. This was the first big match that she had and it was great for this reason the storyline wasn't really all that great it was like they were at like a red carpet and whatever Does, didn't Alexa cash in too? and then that's the best part then Alexa came in cashed in defeated Nia Jax so it left Ronda you wanted to see Ronda win you especially Ronda with at that time Nia Jax who was this powerhouse who was just coming off this like bullying storyline who was just like an animal and she was the perfect one because you saw her doing impressive moves to a much bigger woman Alexa Bliss comes out to be a, a complete like heel Stales the title, bounces out of there, and then your main event of the night. Talk about crazy uh, talent. Men's Money in the Bank, Braun Strowman, Bobby Roode, Finn Balor, Kevin Owens, Kofi Kingston, who is the pick of the New Day, Rusev, Samoa Joe, and The Miz. Yeah, it's star-studded. It was I don't awesome. really remember it that much, though. Braun Strowman getting the win wasn't my... Yeah, I still think Kevin Owens should have won this. Maybe they knew there were some injuries there. Uh, I just thought that was... And that was also catapulted Rusev to that next level where he ended up getting a championship Rusev. match the next month. That was just a great pay-per-view, one you could go back. It's fun to watch. It was a theme pay-per-view, which I'm not a big fan of, but that one just grabbed my eye and still has my thoughts going back. Yeah, it looked, when looking at the card originally, I was like, We watched yeah, that together, by yeah. the way. Did we really? Yeah, like, Kevin's. Oh, I don't even remember that. Yeah. <laughs> so then we'll go into our personal match of the year. For me, the match of the year, and I wanted to pick a different one, but it actually wound up being a little over a year ago. So I had to go with the Velveteen Dream match because just I'm, I'm going to— With who? Yeah, this is the one against Ricochet. Oh, okay. This one, they went crazy. NXT TakeOver Chicago, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep. I watched it again today. That was it, right before Money in the Bank. It didn't disappoint at all. These guys, great storyline building up to it, and I cared about it. It was the anything you can do, I can do better. And that's <laughs> it why was, yeah. anything that the Velveteen Dream does, he puts so much work into it. His character, he was doing like the Hulk Hogan stuff during this one. Just like even his like feud with uh that big fat guy, Apollo. Uh, Sono. Oh, that big fat guy. <laughs> when he came out with like the boxing gimmick, he just makes all of these ma- ma- matches special. They had so many different moves that were literally three-fourths uh, way across the ring doing you know, uh, front flips and l- long diving elbows. I think the Velveteen Dream still has room to grow as a wrestler. I think he has some of the same problems that a Seth Rollins does where he's not selling every single move. But this match was electric. They had so many high spots. And, like, the thing leading up to the the last scene you saw from this feud going into the pay-per-view 
where Ricochet runs out of the ring, does oh. a front flip, and like lands in front and of like him, stares at and him, stares at him. Like that, that's the kind of stuff that makes these matches mean something. And just the 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 way they enter the ring, everything about this presentation was beautiful. Yeah, I that is a great match. Like NXT just does kill it, and it just still worries me. Like, why are they able to do the things they do, and the main roster isn't? Because they have characters. It's character and it's time, and it's like we're just focusing on you. We're not focusing on fifteen of you. Let's say, uh, for me. Match of the year goes to Omega Okada 4 from Dominion. Another over an hour match, which when you think about it, you're like, I don't want to watch these hour matches. Like no, this. but they actually feel way less They than do. Hour. They know how to pace things. They just know how to do it good. And these are guys, if you've been watching or you follow along, or even if you don't, even when I first came into New Japan pretty cold and finding out about Okada a few years ago, I was like, is he really that good? Or like... Kota Ibushi. I'm like, these guys are really that good. But they're just so entertaining. They ooze charisma in the ring. You watch Shinsuke Nakamura on SmackDown in a match. Then watch, Shin- then watch Shinsuke Nakamura in a match. Even if it is a main event, just watch on a regular like TV taping or whatever it's called over there, their New Japan World. Watch it. You just see it's a different guy. The aura and the way the crowd responds to him. Okada Omega was insanely good because you had Omega finally getting over four matches two of those matches going over an hour two of them draws and Okada beating him in every other match this was two out of three falls with no time limit for over an hour and Omega finally gets over in a match that had everything you had high spots you had chair spots you had rest but like they they're even smart about their rest they don't do rest holds they both are just passed out and that actually gets the crowd excited yeah because you're waiting to see who gets up first and, and like when they get up you're like oh here comes some more action it's great it's almost like a timeout it was a fantastic match and one i think you definitely go out of your way if you have an hour to kill which you shouldn't because you should have more of a life than that but to the point of us having some nxt and some new japan on this i think that speaks to the fact that these guys are hungry and motivated and they're looking for the brass ring and they're trying to grab it where I feel like complacently for some of these people, not all of them, because I still think as much as AJ Styles, and I'll say this all the time, his character isn't where I would like it to be, there's not a match he doesn't go out there and go all out and kill. Even, like, there's certain guys, I, I think Randy Orton has had a really surprising turn. Yes. Even he's given it all, is all when he's out there. I think, he, he, I think some of these people, like Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, even Shinsuke when he's got here, complacency has, has seemed to set in on these guys. I think you said a really good word there. How motivated are they? That's where I think it they becomes a difference. I know, and I think you see like Randy Orton. He's kind of like you know, for a while I was really into Randy Orton. Then he dipped down. Then even WrestleMania 30, he was kind of cool in there. Then it's kind of like, oh, Randy Orton again. I guess okay, he's cool. Uh, but then you see that chairs match was great. I think it's because when he he's in a place that he wants to be. I think he likes being a heel. He's more motivated to perform. All right, let's go to moment of the year. What is your favorite moment this year? I mean, it's quick, it's easy, but it's the. Uh... Call me up Vince moment from well, you are just all Velveteen Dream. Dream. Just because that shows, and Triple H talked about it later that night. I found a promo where he was like, "Oh, in the WWE.com." When yeah, he was like, "That guy took a risk tonight, and it might not pay off." But you know, I respect the fact that he went out there and he did that. And apparently, he got heat from the locker room. I bet you that's all nonsense. But just stuff like that—that that is what you want as a wrestling fan. You want a character who goes out there and is going to try different things. And, and really just put himself in the forefront. That is why the Attitude Era was so great. And this is this is the thing about the plucky upstarts of the other thing. They were fighting from behind. They were trying to make it. He's trying to get on the main roster. And you can see that coming through. All of these guys are trying to get on the main roster. And you can see that coming through. Whereas the people on the main roster are just, they're not fighting to keep their jobs. They're like, I have a job. Yeah. I, with some of them. No, I, I agree. And I think... With that Triple H, that's another thing I wouldn't mind them doing more of. You know, you have this network, you have all this stuff like on Raw. Like, why don't we just, we don't need to see you on TV. What if you respond afterwards? 
Yeah, like, like even State if it, of the Union. Yeah, or like just like Vince McMahon's thoughts or Triple H or Stephanie or Shane's thoughts on the night. Anyways, uh, for me, moment of the year was without a doubt the return of Daniel Bryan. The day that was cool. it, it broke out during the day. Um, I forget like Us Weekly or one of those things. Daniel Bryan cleared to return. He came out that night. Had that uh, beef in it, the attack from Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. You saw him kind of, I call it Daniel Bryan dash Hulk up. And you saw that face. You saw that fire. You saw everything we've been missing in this company since the moment he was unable to wrestle against CM Punk leaving. You haven't seen those, like, that little bit of extra fire in your guys. And I thought that was unbelievable, leading to his match at WrestleMania, teaming up with Shane McMahon to defeat Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn. Just that grabbed my heartstrings that did every that was everything a wrestling fan wants you want to see these guys you really want to see in a position to wrestle or to be there like I think if Paige is ever able to come back or if any of these other guys are ever able to come back you need to yeah, play it that way it, it, it means so much because you actually see them care honorable mom, uh, mention to two things here real quickly the Roman Reigns one even though it was sad that was uh, good that point. was extremely memorable <laughs> and uh almost crying I'm yeah, being real like that that hits my heart yeah, that was that was right in the fields. Yeah, that was a that was a Hoped memorable it. moment. And the uh, the Jabberknocker, the podcast that I listen to, that I help out with every now and then, they're doing like a recap of all the like they have like a big voting thing on like every single category, male superstar, all these things. So check that out. That'll be good. They had like a lot of the things we just touched on. And I just noticed that a few minutes ago, looking on Twitter, like they like we I think we found like the three really great moments. And for me, I know we're probably going to best story. Yeah. Best story for me, and this could be considered a moment, but I think her whole arc this year has been the best story. Maybe this is my most memorable moment. It's up there. The Becky Lynch becoming the man. There's There hasn't been a better story for a while in WWE. She is everything right now. She's fucking cool. Yeah, and she's done it on camera, off camera, Twitter. She's taken the ball and absolutely run with it. You you, you know, if I, just to, I'll have a separate one. But I thought she the the story being told that Becky Lynch is like you know we all wanted to see her get her shot. It was at SummerSlam she was going to be facing Carmella one on one. Charlotte Flair returns from boob surgery and they <laughs> shoehorn her into the match. She wins the match and like I think the fans, everybody, we all kind of felt as soon as she was even in the match. I wanted to see wow, Becky people have defeat, but I just want to see a one on one. I'm not even that big of a fan of all these triple threats to be honest. I don't mind them in the gimmick I don't matches. Want WrestleMania. But I really enjoy, like, okay, we're going to get Becky to beat Carmella. And it's great because Carmella was such an annoying heel you wanted to see lose. It was everything lined up perfectly. And then Charlotte gets put in, and they they wrote it right. Because I bet you if you had a conversation with Becky, maybe not the person, but a character as a person, would be like, that's bullcrap. Yeah. Like, no, why you, is she put in? That makes no sense. Yes. And then she wins the match. Yes, and Becky turning on her to, quote, turn heel. No, she was just a pissed-off athlete. That's what athletes do after every game. Someone that's a game one and three, they don't clap hands with them right after. They're pissed off. Then later on, they just say, like, this builds our tension more. I really like that. That's a good call with Becky Lynch. For me, the best story of the year, Undertaker John Cena. Oh, no. You're not serious, right? That's a joke. That is unbelievably, by far, one of the best stories they've ever done. Are you, John Cena, are you actually serious? No, I'm not serious. Okay. I, I was about it. to fucking flip up. He sat in the crowd at WrestleMania. Holy shit. And then some referee came up and said something to him, and he ran to the back. Yeah. During a match, Holy it was shit. like Raw 2.0. I that WrestleMania, fuck, I was about ready to jump out this window. I actually was thinking I really enjoyed the Samoa Joe AJ Styles feud. I, I just thought it brought the best out of both of my. Like, every week, I was interested to see what happened. But I, I'm, I, I forgot one until you you were talking a minute ago. It's Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey turned from becoming just entering the after the Royal Rumble with a stupid point and the oversized jacket, which everyone was commenting on. Time to find out is actually. Roddy, Roddy Piper's, Piper's real jacket, by which the way, is awesome. Great line by uh, Becky Lynch this week. Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. She's just killing it. So, uh, but 
then like leading to where we went with Stephanie McMahon and then Triple H, her putting people through tables, the signing at Elimination Chamber. Ronda Rousey went from somebody that I was so scared that we would just, as a wrestling community and wrestling fans, turn on real quick and be like, she sucks, don't want to see it. Then at WrestleMania, the crowd being there, it was electric when she came out, teaming with someone like Kurt Angle in a position where she's intergender match she's where a she's attacked. Yeah, and she's attacking Triple H. The crowd loves Ronda Rousey. I thought those first few months, her whole year has been really good, but just that story where it went from, okay, we're bringing her in, where do we go from here? She's just, and I, I agree, her story has been great. She's captivating. She's must-see TV when she's wrestling in the ring. The only thing I will say about her is her promos until she gets really good at them. And yeah. I know you can't get good at them unless you're keep doing them but have them do it like tv tapings and all that like non-tv tapings and stuff like that quick quicker stuff with her i don't need these long diatribes about why who's a champion but she to me like i we were talking about this earlier her and becky are the two biggest things going in wrestling which is shocking i thought it would take such a long time for wrestlemania to have a main event of just women this this is the year to do it yeah i think you're right it's it's now or never I don't think it's going to get hotter than this. No, this is this is the fever pitch. I hope they realize that. And for people who are out there looking for women leading in sports and professions, I know it's not real. But no, but this is – go ahead. No. This this should be like national-ish – like I, this, this to me means a lot. These women are – it's sometimes they're like, icons. They're icons of the generation. Let's let's be real. There are some great women athletes in volleyball, swimming, wrestling, UFC, um, skiing. U.S. women's hockey team were just won the gold. They're great. But this is you have another level platform, and and that also helps by having Ronda Rousey there. Oh who yeah, one on one stage, and now seeing her in this stage, she has a bigger persona now than I think she did even at UFC. Oh yeah, and she's got. She she has the skills, especially in the ring. Like she is a Kurt Angle esque type wrestler. Oh, I how she, quick was that? She she just took to it naturally. And I'm not saying the women before who got the main events didn't deserve it, like the Charlotte Sasha Banks ones, but they weren't at this level. It's like when you see any other men's main event, and you're like, oh, this is the main event tonight. This shouldn't have been the main event. They picked the wrong main event. Sometimes that was the way it was with the women, but now it's like, no, this is deservingly so the best thing on the card and it's not even close like this that's how i judge it it's like i i'm judging you as a regular wrestler and they are without a doubt the top yeah and it the just and go back last year's wrestlemania main event was brock lesnar roman reigns for like the 18th time who cares nobody wanted that to be the main no. event people wanted shinsuke and aj to be the main yes. event regardless of what the performance but this year i think you're right unless something really really hot which right now we'd already kind of have a feeling of what that is I don't think we're getting that. Right now, your championship contenders or, for, or title holders are Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, Daniel Bryan. Like, obviously, any of those guys could be in the main event, but there's no big juicy thing like you're going to have with Ronda Rousey and the women. But that, that I think, wraps up for some of our best moments. I'm sure there's a million out there you probably have. And, again, you can tweet at us, at Jason D. Rossi, at BillyD2411. Oh, we're not going to tell people match to watch? No, we are. I'm okay. just wrapping up the best of the year. No. Um but I think now, obviously, we always like to give you a match. We told it, we kind of both gave our match of the year. You can obviously we want you to watch whatever you can. We're all wrestling fans, watching way too much wrestling than the hours even allow. I basically watch twenty five hours of wrestling a day. Doesn't even make sense. No, but it is a lot. It's a lot to take in, especially when it's a pay per view in the week, and they're gonna have some sort this of holiday thing Wednesday. Oh yeah, they have tributes for the, tribute to the troops. 
right, which well, is always a good thing. But that's just like you don't even really have to watch. It's just really nice they do it. So uh, match of the week. I'm actually going to start this one because yeah. I uh, feel really strong about this. Since it is the holiday season, I'm going to go with a Santa's Little Helper match. We just talked about all the strides that women have made and that these women are icon. Well, I'm going to take it back to Horny Town. All right, this is back when WWE disrespected their women in a sense. Doesn't also, get any hooter any hotter than this. Yeah, hooter exactly. It was a Santa's Little Helper match. It had Trish Stratus, Stacy Keebler, Jacqueline, Ivory, Molly Holly, and Victoria. And it was awesome. Well, yes. And I totally agree that if you're looking for that kind of stuff, it is something to behold. Especially was, it, a lot of them. Especially like at that time. And I think this is the one thing we all have to realize. There is a lot of sexuality in this world. It is okay. Like, I think the women's roster... The men roster, wrestle in their under- underwear. It's just as sexual for a girl watching as it's sexual as for a guy watching. But I even mean, like, to actually sexualize the women. Like, with maybe this is going to come across the wrong way, but I think someone like Lana, I'm glad she's making strides in the ring. But realistically, her best use is to be a sexual character, a manager. A Selena Vega, in my opinion. Oh, she not can that, go, though. Not that I, it's not that I don't want to see yeah. them go. I just think they add more to their persona, their character. A Mandy Rose. Some of these people are going to play a better role and have more, I think, of a niche and a marketability as a sexual character than just what they do in the ring. Like, I think of Elias like in the any- other television program that there, there are those people on all of those programs and you yeah, some of these some actors of and actresses are not good actors or actresses but they have this look that can stand out so you put them in the right story on let's use a game of thrones or a walking dead well walking dead all the sexy characters there a real sexy zombie but seriously i just look at it and i'm like if you go back trish was one of the hottest workers and this is when she made that evolution jump yeah. to being a really good worker but she still was able to be in these things and it was fun and it was entertaining and i didn't find it wasn't scanty clad they weren't flashing their butts in this one it was just a you fun can also match. be a good wrestler and be extremely attractive. Yeah, and like have Becky fun Lynch with it. Is, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like that's the thing. I don't look back at this, and and they, so many of these women. If you ever get a chance, listen to any woman that wrestles from like ninety six or even ninety eight to two thousand four, and listen to them talk about that time. They said they had a ball. I, I interviewed Mickey James, and she said she loved doing all those storylines, those racy storylines, picking on her storylines because she goes, "It was real. That's what happens in the world." But in out of all of these ladies. Honestly, the only one who wasn't like a legit good wrestler at some point in their career was Stacy. Yeah. Everybody else is a is a damn fine women's wrestler. And Victoria, I think in this era, if she was still going, would be fun- she is like a beast of what she I, I always thought she's she was a fine wine. She always gets uh, better with age. I always thought she was like ridiculously hot cuz that's my kind of girl. But great finisher. Uh <laughs> Sorry, jokes to make there. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> But I thought she was a fantastic women's wrestler as well, and she had the look. I think she would do. She would be. I'm, she's my biggest disappointment. Stuff. She hasn't made any of these returns. Like out of all of them, like I'm so happy. I'm great. Tori Wilson, by the way, my God, that what she's done with her body. Oof. And but like Victoria, I think was like really like everyone wants to say AJ Lee, and I get that. But Victoria to me is like the number one because she was a badass back then. Oh, she was so good, and that music. I ain't the lady to mess with. Oh, that one, and she had a tattoo originally. Remember uh-huh. that? Oh, oh the really? Things you say, all oh, the things you say. Oh, I don't remember. Yeah, that. she was like when she was crazy. All right, what's your match? My match, and I thought it happened this year, and I wanted it to be the match of the year for me, but it obviously wasn't because it didn't happen. It happened in November. Um, it was Alistair Black versus the Velveteen Dream. The Velveteen Dream and Aleister Black, that is one of the best lead-ups to a match it, match I've ever seen. The the Say My Name with every week they kept... And if you go back and watch, Aleister Black's facing somebody else. Velveteen comes out and interrupts him. They don't have a lot of physicality before they meet. And then when they meet, it's a 
beautiful story told back and forth in the ring. Aleister Black winds up getting the ring, but the Velveteen Dream earns his respect throughout the match because he hated him. He thought, like, oh, kind of get away from me. You're like a Goldust character. You're a little kid. I'm not going to pay attention to you. I'm not going to acknowledge you. And then at the end of the match, he says his name. And it's just one of those beautifully told stories that they do in NXT that they can do at the main roster if you give it the time to build it out. And don't and the other thing, don't overexpose the storyline. Like, yeah. we know exactly where it is. That's what you mean, like the recap that's overexposing it. And, and this one was great because then Velveteen Dream's face in defeat, looking up when he said his name and just that smile. Yeah. And it, it said so much without saying anything. It was, it was like literally the poetry that you watch and like how good of – like when you see LeBron James do a ridiculous dunk or Tom Brady throw an excellent pass, it's didn't like – happen this way. No, it didn't. But you, you know, he threw one good pass. But it's, it's one of those things you see and you're like, I don't need anybody to tell me anything about it. I just saw it and I felt what it was. Um, yeah, a great match. Both great match. Well, the Sands will help matches are great. It's just, I just want to throw a little holiday yeah. flair. Um, Stone Cold wants – that's not a match, but you can watch Stone Cold stun Santa Claus. They have a Miracle on 34th Brawl on the upcoming Raw where, uh, oh, spoiler alert. Street fight, I think. Street I think it's fight a Miracle alert. on 34th Street fight. Whatever it is. Who's in this match? <laughs> the same people who face each other every week. And that, that could be any number of people I was going to say, Raw. I'm guessing um, that, that would be Elias and Lashley. Yes. And, okay. <laughs> and Leo Rush? <laughs> yeah. But like on the Jabberknocker, I was listening to them, they spoiled all the stuff. So spoiler alert. Uh, don't worry, we do it spoiler No, 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 you have to spoil this because uh, this is going to be the best part. They doused him in eggnog at the end of the match. So that'll be worth watching. Okay, I guess, I guess there we go. Uh, is there a pudding match? I hope so, but probably uh, not. Then the last thing I want to say, so this is just total aside. So I got this message on Facebook. This is totally random, but I want to bring right, it up. What do we so got? Was, some guy using the messenger service yep. messages me and, and goes, hey, when you have time, give me a call and leaves his number. That's creepy. First, yeah. And so I try to diffuse it and be like, hey, man, like, sorry, missus, I don't do a lot of Facebook messenger because I don't. Like, I'll see it pop up in my yeah. notification and it'll go away. Then he does it again, and he says, hey, when you have a minute, give me a call. I don't want to call you. Who How about it? just tell What's me? I name? don't know. His name's Mark something. I think he works out at the same place I work out. I don't know him. And he's like, How about you tell me what? This is what all this social media is for. He's probably coming here. I know. I got to get the hell out of this place ASAP. But I anyway. actually got a call from the United States the other day. I knew that couldn't have been good. I didn't pick Wait, it like, up. Was it like the random number? It said United States? It said United States. Oh, it's like when they, you get calls, and it's basically <laughs> your number with just a few digits off. Yeah. And yeah, there's a whole lot of stuff going on with these Facebook leaks. By the way, you could de- you could like I guess shut down your Facebook at this point, but it doesn't matter if you ever did anything on there. Like they have that information. Oh, I if it wasn't for family events and people like reaching out for like a birthday, like thank you, like that I haven't talked to in a while, yeah. I would not have Facebook. Yeah, it's it, only for events with my family that they feel the need to invite on there and not in a real invite. I know it's it's just so scary though. I was reading that message and I'm thinking this guy's messing me, telling him to call him. Is that even a real guy? Does, do I I don't know this man. Like I do not know him, and he's continuing to tell me to call him. Like I'm not picking up that phone. I am not going to call you. Stop asking. Like you're creeping me the hell out. Yeah, no, I would never. <sighs> Anyways, but yeah, so that is it. That is Rossi on wrestling. Any any final thoughts? Anything you want to leave the people with on this holiday week? No. All right. Well, listen. Have a merry <laughs> Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, it's not like I told you to go screw yourself.